that's a wrap for the Eagles preseason. Welcome to the postgame show presented by Rico. I'm Alicia Graves, joined by Fran Duffy, Ike Reese. What are the things that we learned from this Eagles team this preseason? Well, I, I think we learned that this team, coming off of a Super Bowl loss, is still focused. There's no complacency that's set in. You know, Fran, you're out there every day at training camp. I've been out there a few times this summer. It seems like the guys are locked in. Head coach Nick Sirianni has certainly been coaching as if everything that happened last year doesn't matter. And that's the mindset you need to have when you're starting a new season, coming off the season they had. So I like what they've done in the preseason. We got a chance to see a lot from the younger guys, guys getting better, and most importantly, our key veterans seem to be healthy and ready to go for New England. That's certainly where this team is at right now, Ike. And I think the big thing is you, know, you hear Jason Kelsey talk about it tonight on the broadcast is that, look, every team, every season, it's a new year. you got to wipe the slate clean. That said, when you watch this team every single day, it's just kind of business as usual. You watch Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown go about their business. It's like, okay, yeah, we're gearing up for another run. What we did last year, that was an appetizer for what we're hoping to put on display here this fall. Yeah, you talk about those people like Jalen Smith, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. We saw them at practice this week. A.J. Brown couldn't cover him at yep. practice either. He looked great. But another thing that was noted by the players, by Redick, he said uh, earlier this week that – they kind of talk about their defense and this team having one A's and one B's. You know, they feel confident in their starters, but they say that the people that come in as those backups, they feel confident that they're number ones too. So I think that's a great thing to have from those veterans that are feeling so confident in those new guys as well. And that's what you want from, from your teammates, right? You want to, to feel like you're a part of this group. And it's all about the unit as a whole. And as a defensive unit, you certainly want the guys that are playing behind the starters to feel as if if anything happens to one of those guys in front of you, you should be able to step in there and you shouldn't be much of a drop-off. I, I harken back to my days of playing in those Jim Johnson defenses. And, you know, if I got the opportunity to go out there and play, I felt like I was a part of the team. But I remember most importantly is those veterans, the Brian Dawkins, the Troy Vincents, the, the uh, Jeremiah Trotters, the Hugh Douglases, all those guys, they treated me like I was equal with those guys. And as a, as a backup player, as a role player, as a young player, that's huge for your confidence. So to hear the guys referring to each other as 1A and 1B, that's all about inclusion and not making someone feel as if they're less than. And that's the thing is that this is an organization that has thrived when backups come in to yeah. play. That's offense and defense. And that kind of culture that Ike just described is still being here. You know, we're talking 15, 20, not to the date yet or anything, 15, 20 <laughs> years ago, for that to still be present today, I think that speaks volumes about what this organization always is about every single season. Absolutely. And fans, make sure that you submit your questions for Ike for our Ask Ike presented by Pondley Hockey. Leave those comments and those questions. We'll get to them later in the show. Additionally, Families affected by the Hawaii wildfires urgently need support. Help the American Red Cross provide meals and shelter to these families. You can donate today to Hawaii wildfires by going to redcross.org slash NFL or text Hawaii to 90999 to donate $10. Um, amazing thing that you can contribute to, especially during a time of need. Yes. Um, I also want to talk about just this preseason and now shifting, you know, cuts are coming up. You've been in this position before. Now, what is that mentality shift from going through training camp, competing every day to now 
preseason is over and that 53-man roster is about to come out. Well, I tell you, for the younger players and the guys who are on the fringe of making the team or even making it in the NFL, the next few days, it's not comfortable. It just isn't. Um, my advice, cut your phone off. Well, I guess you can't <laughs> cut your phone off. Yeah, you can't cut your phone off. My, my, my thought process with that was that you get a lot of friends and family members want to call and check up on you and ask you how you're doing, had you heard anything. And I think for a player, that can drive you crazy. So you want to limit that type of exposing yourself to all the noise on the outside and everyone else worrying about whether or not you made the team. Um, be confident in what you've accomplished this summer and the work that you've put in. And if it doesn't work out for the Eagles, it, there's a possibility it can work out somewhere else in the NFL. It's not an easy time, but I, I like to tell the young players this. It doesn't have to be the end. Like, we, 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 we sometimes feel like this is a, a finale. Like, if you don't make the Eagles, your career is going to be over with. And that could be, that's the furthest thing from the truth. So, um, the next couple of days will be tough for them, but I think if you put the work in and you know you put out good film on tape, you can get a phone call from anyone, whether it's the Eagles or another team around the league that may have scouted you. And that's the thing is that even today's game, it's not just the other 31 NFL teams, but you've got Canadian League, Arena League, UFL, yeah. XFL. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you ever find solace in, like, hanging out with your teammates that were also in the same boat? Like, did you guys kind of lean on each other in those moments? We definitely did. We definitely did. And you sort of need that, right? You, you need to have people that are somewhat – in the same frame of mind that you're in. And as long as you're encouraging one another, and I, I, I can remember, now listen, I was a fifth round draft pick, so in the back of my mind, I, I really felt like I had done enough to make the team every year that I made the team. Because um, special teams is something that I focused on. And so I knew I was making sure I locked down that job and nobody was gonna take that from me. And, but there was always, whether it was an undrafted guy or a young draft pick or a late round draft pick, in my earlier years that I always found myself trying to comfort or, or reassure them that, you know, everything's going to be okay, right? And that's really what you try to tell them. Until they actually know they're not going to be here, I think it's best that we encourage each other. And I know I always found myself trying to do that with the younger players. Yeah, obviously getting from 90 to 53. I mean, not everybody is certainly going to make this team. There's an 11-man practice squad, right? So there are a bunch of guys are going to be able to still be here with the organization. Yeah. Uh, and that practice squad is fluid over the course of the year, as we have seen in years past. So there will be opportunities for some of these players. But like, like I said, it's, it's going to be a stressful handful of days here. Yeah, and it's not the end. Four undrafted free agents made the team last year, so anything can happen. And these preseason games are great for a lot of reasons. It's not just about the wins and losses. It's the ability to really fight for a spot or showcase your talents to the other 31 teams out there. So, you know, this is a great opportunity to really prove yourself, and there's so much that comes out of these games and these practices. Was there anyone in particular that stood out to you this preseason? Well, for me... Uh, like I can say a lot of the younger players, I, th I thought our draft picks did a great job. I think, you know, for the most part, they all showed up on film and they were as advertised. Whether you're talking about Jalen Carter, you're talking about the uh, Stein kid from Alabama they drafted in the second round, or if you're talking Sydney in the, in the third round. Like, those guys showed up on film, and, and I was excited about watching the young players. But here's – then you had guys that continued to develop and get better. So – 
as a coaching staff, I can only imagine sitting back and watching these players, watching how they've grown from last year to this year, uh, has to make them feel good because that's that's a product of good coaching. Yeah, and then the other part of it too is those joint practice sessions. And, yeah. uh, Alicia, you and I, we watched the, the Eagles take on the Colts on Tuesday, and we were focusing on the Eagles' offense. And to be able to see – Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift getting involved, Kenny Gainwell, Rashad Penny, all of these players making big plays against another team's starters uh, in a controlled environment. You just like to be able to check that box and say, okay, let's get move past this stage of it. We feel good. Now let's get on to the regular season. Absolutely, and you mentioned those draft picks, especially those Georgia Bulldogs that we have, <laughs> and they're, they're used to a big stage, so this shouldn't be too much for them in terms of being in the limelight. And they're from a championship caliber team to another one that just went to the Super Bowl. But what is that transition like from college to the NFL? Because there's still everyone in the NFL is great. Yeah, and I think the program <laughs> does matter. And I think drafting guys from a program like Georgia, it, those guys are NFL ready. For, you know, from a mentality standpoint, uh, their preparation standpoint, their training. You know when you have a solid program that produces the caliber of players that a Georgia uh, – is it University of Georgia? It is University, University of Georgia. I was going to say Georgia uh, UGA. University. UGA. <laughs> UGA. University, I want to get that right. Yeah. UGA. Um, that is an established program, two-time national champion. So you know those guys – are going to be ready to step up to the big stage. I felt like when I came in, I was prepared as well. I was fortunate enough to play for the greatest college football coach of all time <laughs> in Nick Saban. And so the program that he ran at Michigan State during that time, it helped you from a, from a preparation standpoint. My studying habits were already at a point where I knew that's what the, the, the National Football League expects of you. And so a lot of it does have to do with the program that you were sort of raised up in. And the Eagles, I think, have done a great job, especially over these last three or four years, of getting guys out of programs that have that type of track record, where guys are used to playing at a high level, they know how to prepare, they're not afraid of the big stage. Look, take Jalen Hurts, for example. Yep. You know, Jalen being in Alabama and Oklahoma, this guy is mature beyond his years. And I think when you come from programs like this, it allows your team to have a, a good chance to get off to a great start with young players. Bill Parcells used to say, for every rookie that you have in your starting lineup, you can go in and just mark down a loss because he just didn't believe in playing younger players because younger players can get you beat through mental mistakes and things of that nature. Nowadays, these guys are ready to come in, yep. step in, and contribute early. Yeah, and that's the thing is that when people talk about guys from a winning culture in college. Yeah. It's not always going to be the extreme of, all right, we're going to just take two of the best players from the Georgia defense that right. won the national title. You're not going to be able to do that every single year. But if you're getting players from Alabama, from Oklahoma, from, you know, Boise State in the early 2000s, Michigan right? Michigan, yeah, right, exactly yeah. right. Uh, you like to have those guys from that winning culture. I Ohio State yeah. in there as Oh, well. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Throw yeah. The Buckeyes in, there Buckeyes sure. in there too. But absolutely, and I – think um, especially with this draft. Oh, we are going to pop over. We have uh, Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee coming up to the podium, and then we'll come back. Getting my feet wet in the NFL was, um, was, ama was amazing, getting out and being able to play with my guys and getting back on the football field. But I feel like there was a lot of things to learn, um, especially, I mean, tonight as well, that I'll have to go watch and, and improve on. But um, just thought it was a great learning experience for me. and. You know, I was really thankful for that. How beneficial was it for you to go against, you know, their starters mostly? I mean, as opposed to the previous two games when you're 
face and like deep reserves and everything. How much did that help you? Yeah, it was great. Um, I think for me, I was able to see, you know, some guys in the NFL have been here a while. Like they kind of know as an offense, what are we looking for? What are what are some things that they can do to kind of throw us off? So, you know, movement pre-snap, really trusting your eyes, trusting your footwork, trusting your coaching, I think is huge because you can't, it's harder to plan ahead when you're playing with guys that really know the game and have been in the NFL for a while. So um, I think for me, that's, I mean, a great learning experience, kind of like what I was saying before, and just being able to, you know, find little tells or trust my coaching and, and trust my eyes a little bit better post-snap. You talked about opportunity. You wanted opportunity. Were you surprised that, you know, the opportunity that you got, you certainly played a lot of snaps in these three games. Yeah, um, I mean, I was super happy with, you know, the, the snaps that I was able to get um, and super thankful for to the coaches and everybody for allowing me to, to get what I did. Um, and I just try to, you know, play my best football and put my best foot forward and uh, and show my potential. What's the most important thing you learned over these last three games? Talk about what you have learned. That's a good question. Um, in a nutshell, I would say the little details matter. Um, and I feel like everybody kind of says that and everybody kind of knows that. But, um, you know, I kind of said it before with the footwork being maybe a little bit off and, you know, maybe taking a baby hitch or having your eyes in the wrong spot for, you know, half a second, I think is detrimental to a play and could be to a drive. So um, I would say just honing in on the little details, you know, as a, as a quarterback, you have to know what everybody's doing. But knowing what everybody's doing, you know, down to the detail, where's where's this guy's aiming point and where is this uh, receiver, what depth should he be and, you know, should he be inside edge of the numbers for splits and whatever, because I feel like that just helps me as a quarterback as all, uh, as a whole. Um, so going back and just studying those little details. Are you, are you able to see, like, how far you've come since, like, the beginning of May when you first came here for rookie camp to where you are tonight? I mean, is it that noticeable for you? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I mean, just growing, you know, obviously as a person, as a leader um, and as a football player, for sure, just being around a great group of guys. And, you know, our quarterback room has helped a ton, um, helping me become a better NFL quarterback, you know, having great examples like Jay and um, and Marcus and Ian and having those guys in a room, seeing, you know, me trying to put my touch of, you know, what's going to be my routine and what's going to be my pre and post practice, you know, regimen, but also learning from them, seeing what they do, seeing what um, has worked for them in the past, because they obviously have a lot more experience than I have. Grown from when you got here. I mean, a lot of guys come into the league and think, you know, hey, do I belong? And you know, it's a process. But how much more confident are you? Would you say when you got here first? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I feel super confident, and you know, our our coaches, our players, my ability. Um, and, you know, just like we said, sticking to my routine and um, just going out and playing ball. I feel like I play best when, when I play loose and everything's second nature. Um, so not trying to think too much, but going out and playing ball and, you know, finding my routine in the NFL. What would, be more, what would the uh, regular season look like for you? I mean, as, I mean, obviously, you know, Jalen's going to be playing pretty much all the time. I mean, is, do you kind of see this as like a massive learning experience? Absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be a huge learning experience for me, learning um, kind of what these guys do and how they prepare for games. Um, and then for me, my role is going to be um, to be prepared in case anything happens, obviously. So hopefully, you know, nothing happens to Jay. Um, and I hope, you know, he plays every single snap. Um, but, 
it's obviously my job to, to be ready and to honestly help them in any way possible, you know, in practice, being off the field and being like, hey, this corner's doing this, or just kind of help them give like little tells and be a good teammate and, and help out all the other guys. Here, last one. You're not used to playing, though, and now you're not going to play. I mean, what, what are the challenges in that? Yeah, I mean, getting ready like you're the starter when you know that your chances are playing are probably pretty slim um, is definitely a challenge. Um, I would say at Stanford, I feel like I tried to do that my first year, and I actually got to play my first game due to you know COVID and how crazy that was. Um, and so... Definitely lesson learned um, that you got to be ready because crazy things happen. And, you know, football's a physical sport and violent sport. Um, and like I said, we obviously hope that nothing happens, but, you know, things do happen. So just me being ready, preparing like I am the starter, and then being the best teammate that I can be. Thanks, Terrence. Thank you. And we just heard from quarterback Tanner McKee. He ended it saying, you know, preparing like a starter and what better way to develop than next to our starter, Jalen Hurts. And next, we have a question for Hike talking about Hurts and this upcoming season. What is one word you have to describe this upcoming season? Um, I'll go with electric. I think it's going to be an electric year. I really do. Um, we were talking about this on the radio show earlier today, and I can't remember a time prior to the season starting, this fan base being as excited about the Eagles football team with high expectations and realistic high expectations. Not since 2004 when we got T.O. here and Javon Curse has this fan base felt as confident about a football team like we do about this team this year, and it's deservingly so. It's actually uncomfortable. I mean, it's uncomfortable to feel this confident about your team. You know, we're used to having something to worry about. And, and right now, man, we are just – this fan base is just they, – they, they can't wait for that game up in New England September 10th to see this football team uh, take the field. Uh, we all know we got a very good football team. And as, if, as long as everyone or most of our good players remain healthy for the majority of the season – this should be an electric season. Uh, all I'm going to say is, is that it might be the end of the preseason, but the fans are in mid-season form. <laughs> to ask this guy who's on the radio for four hours a day to <laughs> narrow his thoughts down to one word, what do we, that's diabolical. That hard, Just that an really outstanding hard, question here for Ask Mike. So if you've got more, make sure you leave them in the chat. Absolutely. But allow me to elaborate. <laughs> oh, yeah, elaborate. But you brought up that 2004 team, and I think there's some parallels here between – that Super Bowl loss in 2004 and this past Super Bowl mm -hmm. loss, what is that reset mentality and how do you shift your focus away from that loss throwing away, mm -hmm. remembering that this is a brand new team. We have a lot of returning players, but still a lot of draftees, a lot of new guys coming on. So how do you shift your focus? Well, I think for the players, it's been a quiet offseason, unlike after that Super Bowl <laughs> loss in 2005, right? Unlike after that game, this has been a quiet offseason, and everyone seems to be marching to the same beat. Everyone is in lockstep. They're focused, and it starts with our quarterback. I mean, let's, let's face it, I, and I don't want to take anything away from Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff. They obviously play a huge role in it, but I'm, I mean players. Players being on the same accord. It starts with the quarterback. He sets the standard here with the, his preparation and the way that he works. And who's had a bigger offseason this offseason than Jalen Hurts, right? And he still comes in here as if nothing has happened all offseason with the same focus and determination and expectations. 
One of my favorite sayings of his is, I want to get this right, is the standard is the standard. And they have set the standard, and the bar is high. And he sets the tone, and everybody else follows. And I think that's why we have a very good chance of possibly closing the deal this year. Yeah, be the thermostat, not the thermometer. There's a handful of That's another one of my favorite ones, too. I I know you you like that one a lot. Uh, Obviously, look, you guys both learning from Nick Saban. You got got some of those same ones in the back pocket. Uh, Nick is evolved with his sayings. So, yeah, Jalen seems like he got a lot of the good ones. I got the old ones from the 80s. Well, uh, to me, I think the big thing, and we talked about it earlier, is just the fact that this is a a team where you go out and you watch them practice. And, yes, there are changes, right? A new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. There are new players on both sides of the football. But when you go out and watch this team go about their business every day, you couldn't. You could tell me that this practice that we're watching right now happened in January, and I would say, yeah, like this is the way that this looks like a Super Bowl team, right? So this is a team that just goes about their business. They still they understand that you have to start here at the bottom of the mountain and work your way up gradually. So they're going to go about their business that way. But it's just impressive on the outside to watch them go about it from that mindset, knowing like all the work that has to go into it. Truly, and they don't let the noise get to them. You know, you hear from each player, we're taking it day by day, and everyone looks at this year's draft, and they're like, how did Howie do it? Like, how did the Eagles, they won the draft. And on paper, this team looks like the dream team, absolutely. But there's a lot more that still goes into it, and they're going to have to take it day by day and week by week. Well, and the great thing about this team, it's built from within. This, this, is, this is a lot of homegrown talent. They obviously have added guys like an A.J. Brown and some of the other players they brought in, whether it was trade or free agency. But for the most part, the core of this team are guys that have been brought up through the Philadelphia Eagles organization and their program. And I, I mentioned Jalen in that last piece, but let me give a shout out to those four veterans Mm. that have been here a very long time, and Fletcher, Brandon, Jason, and Lane, they also set the tone. You watch how they go about their business and how they approach this offseason. They've seen it from both sides of the coin now. After they won the Super Bowl, they had to come back. They saw how hard and difficult it was. And now they they are getting to experience it after they didn't win. And I think they helped set the tone for what the offseason was going to be like around here and how everybody was going to come in and work. So when you have good guys in your locker room and in your building, it's a lot easier to get that message uh, filtered out to the rest of the players who weren't a part of last year. Those guys are tone setters, right? And you you see that it manifests in so many different ways, both on and off the field. You watch Fletcher Cox or Brandon Graham, you know, in their 30s, chasing balls out to the outside in, in practice on a random Tuesday in August when it's 98 degrees outside and it's a little uh, flare out to a second team running back and they're chasing the ball out to the outside. That's the guys that they, they set the tone. They set the culture. It's exactly what Ike was talking about earlier. That torch keeps getting passed down. And right now those guys are the torch bearers. They are the flag carriers and they're the ones that really lay out the road for all of these other young guys to follow. And they're all coachable there too, right? You see yeah. the Jalen Hurts, they come in. All right. Hey, like one day that's going to be me if it's not me right now like that's going to be me in a couple years Devontae Smith and you go down the line you watch Nolan Smith go about his practice every single day and the way he attacks every individual drill every special teams drill every 11 on 11 period you watch the way that those guys practice that's because you have those vets laying that example out every single day yeah and these vets are at the top of their game Jason Kelsey the best center in the league we can say what 
did that veteran presence have an impact on you, especially playing in a city, a city that's so passionate about their football team like Philadelphia? It's, it's so important. And I had some good veterans myself. In my rookie year, we were 3-13. and 13. So we were sort of at the tail end of Ray Rhodes' coaching tenure and what he had did during his four years. And Andy Reid came in in 99, and the guys that he kept around were all quality football players. Like I said, Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor, Deuce Staley, Brian Dawkins, these are guys that help mentor and tutor and set a tone for the other young players like myself, like Jeremiah Trotter. We had, we had good vets in front of us to help show us, and I think that's what allowed us to really have the, to, the start under Coach Reed that we were able to have after only his first year. We were in the playoffs the next year. And that's the thing, too. We talk about it in the offseason every year leading up to the draft. It's, oh, well, who fits the scheme? Who's a good fit for this team? It's not just what they do in between the lines. It's that, it's that mindset, too, right? Because yeah. you need to have – you need to be able to receive the coaching and the tutelage that you're getting from the vets and from the staff as well. And so being able to target not just the, the right fits on the field but the right fits off the field, that's what's so exciting about so many of the young players right now in the pipeline. Absolutely, and I know Landon Dickerson had mentioned that every team has a one-year expiration date. They're not thinking about how they did last season. And with that, um, you know, these rookies, too, and bringing them on, um, what goes into having a strong start like they did last season? You know, the Eagles didn't lose up until November, and, you know, there's high expectations again with this team. What goes into that? I think it starts in training camp. It starts in your off-season program, right? You don't flip a switch on when the season starts. It's what you've done during the off-season to get prepared for the early portion of the season. You know, in, in today's new NFL, with the rules and the, and the restrictions of how long you can be out there on the field, how much contact you can have, every coach has his own sort of uh, uh, practice habits he wants his team to go through that could be different than others. And I think with the Eagles, they found a formula that works for them. They found a formula that works for them. Now, me being the old head that I am, you know, last year I was complaining about practice times and, and whether or not, you know, the guys are out there hitting enough, all those things, right? Haven't heard one ounce of that out of me this year. You know why? Because it worked for them <laughs> last year. They know what they're doing. So now – there are no complaints. So that's, that's really where it starts. And I think the coaches do a great job of getting the players on the field, getting the work done. There's not a lot of law, uh, law out there on the field, a lot of standing around. You're usually moving from one drill to the next. There's no wasted time out there on the field. So they want to get the work done, get back to the classroom, and then get off your feet and rest. Sports science is also playing a big part in how teams prepare. And again, I think the Eagles have finally found the formula that works for them. And I, I, I expect nothing but the same things we saw last year. They got off to a fast start. They were one of the healthiest teams in the league. And so keep doing what you're doing. That's the thing is the proof's in the pudding at this yeah. point, right? You saw a team that went to the Super Bowl last year that all 11 starters in that game in February were the 11 starters that suited up in week one. And so, uh, look, there's a certain amount of luck that comes into sure. you know being able to stay that healthy. It's not all going to be uh, your day-to-day -day routine, but 
That day-to-day routine worked really, really well. The team was able to stay healthy, and they were extremely successful last year. You try and build on that here in 2023. Absolutely, and you can see it from these players, how locked in they are, how they talk about their recovery and everything that they're putting into taking care of their bodies and practice. And like you said, there are no lulls at practice, whether even if it's someone who's not in the play, they're coaching, they're hyping the players up, building up those young guys and making that camaraderie and building that camaraderie for this team. And it's good competition. Within. When you when you have as many good players on this football team as they have, man, you can't rest. Now, there may be a few players that are solidified <laughs> in their positions or what have you, but there's nothing like having someone pushing you that's right behind you, right? And so I think and, and when, you're, when you're a good team like the Eagles are, everybody wants to play. So everybody wants to be a part of this thing on game day. They want to go out there. and That's the fun part. The hard part is practice throughout the week, the training. The fun part is on Sunday, and every player wants the opportunity to go out there and play. And the only way you can do that is by earning your, your, your stripes with the coach, by not making mental errors, practicing hard every day, be prepared when you're called uh, on to play, and then play hard. Like, I, I'm nine years as a, as, a, as a role player and as a backup player, but I practice every day as if my number can be called at any time. I took notes every day during film study as if I was going to be the starter that week, and eventually one of those days the guy in front of you is going to get injured and you're going to get the opportunity. And the worst thing that can happen to you is you're not prepared to take advantage of that opportunity when it presents itself. And I think because of the culture that they have here, they really challenge each other. It's a good, it's a good, the whole competition thing, right? Yeah. It's, it, it, it's real. It's, it's real. And that started with Nick Sirianni when he got here. Yeah, I, I, when you were talking about it, I, my mind immediately went to Darius Slay last week after the uh, last practice against the Cleveland Browns. He was talking about Reed Blankenship, and he's like, yeah, you know, Reed leads the DB room in interceptions. We chart that uh, in the meeting room. We have tallies up on the wall. He said, I'm kind of jealous. Like, I don't get all the, all the opportunities. <laughs> he's, got, he's got four picks, five picks so far this summer. Uh, I'm a little jealous. But, again, that kind of really puts on display that competitiveness that exists exists in each and every one of those position rooms. Yeah, and you talked about that next man up mentality. We do have another question for Ike because there's some big primetime games and they want to know how these primetime games affect the season. Well, for me, that means we're going to have a lot, a lot of late, late nights. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to have a lot of late nights. <laughs> right, a lot of late post-game shows. My goodness, NFL. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, when you're a good football team, they want to put you in the primetime spot. So players enjoy that. Players enjoy um, Monday night games, Sunday night games, when they know the rest of the league is watching and everybody's going to get a chance to watch them play. It just means you're one of the better football teams uh, around the league and everybody's going to get a chance to see you play. So I think the players, they enjoy that. They, they enjoy that excitement. And as much as we may want a bunch of 1 o'clock games, so we can, that's, when you're a player and you're in there, there's, there's something to coming out that tunnel when it's 4 o'clock, 4.30, and you know – that everybody pretty much, they, they got a chance to watch the 1 o'clock game. Now they're on to the main event, and you're a part of it. So, And the Eagles are going to have plenty of opportunities to showcase their talents because they have a lot of these games this year. Did you get antsy, though, like in the Sunday mornings? Because like, obviously everything oh, starts yeah. a little bit later. Uh, how did you kind of handle that? I, it's, it's Now, I didn't really like the night games for that reason because it makes the days longer, and you have to try to figure out, okay, you don't want to play the game in your head a million times before it's time for you to go out there. But at the same time, 
you can't help but think about the game. You can't help but think about the game. And so with me, you know, you may get may you may get a late breakfast. Um, you get up, we have like a little walkthrough, and then you go back and you get off your feet, might watch a movie, but then I'm on the first bus that's going to the to the to the stadium. Yeah. I was I was the first bus guy. Right. I wanted to get to the stadium three and a half hours, three hours before the game, so that I can eliminate all distractions. I don't have to answer my phone, I have to do any of those things. I can get um, um uh, whether it's hot tub, cold tub, anything I need prior to the game, it just puts you in that mode. So when it's a night game, it just takes longer to get to that. And so you have to get up and move around a little bit, but you don't want to do too much. I don't think I've ever asked you. Were you a like a pregame routine, like creature of habit, ah, like same meal go. every day, every week kind of thing? Not same meal, but same music for the most part. Uh... I pretty much had the same person tape my ankles. Okay. Um, I certainly had things that I wanted to get done prior to the game. I had to get my, my own little prayer in. And then we did the prayer in the shower, right, with, with all the guys. I mean, right. like, as a team, we did a prayer in the shower as a team. But I had to get my own little prayer in, too, you know, because I knew I was about to go out there and be violent. I had to repent before I actually got on the field. So I knew it was going to be nasty when I got out there on the field. So I had to make sure I had this – Ask for forgiveness before it started. Well, I'm just imagining, like, like that, that's pre-iPod, right? So, like, yeah. this is, like, disc man. Disc like, man, yeah. yes, that's right. It's a disc man. I, I like, and it's that's probably the, skipping. You got right. your pads on, so it's, like, skipping nonstop. That's twice you called my age out. Like, disc man, yeah, disc man, and what else did you say earlier? You said 20 years ago. 20 years. Hey. <laughs> But what was that first <laughs> primetime game like for you? What do these young Eagles have to expect playing in Lincoln I mean, Financial Field for the first time? Let me tell you, my first primetime game, Monday Night Football, I was so excited. We're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I'm so excited to get a chance to play the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. I told everybody at home, make sure y'all watching. Boy, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> at 34 to nothing, we lost uh, to the Cowboys. Uh, Deion Sanders wound up taking a punt return back on us that night. Mm. And I was actually in the, in the shot of chasing him into the end zone. And they were like, dude, why are you chasing Deion, bro? You know you're not catching him. <laughs> and so that, that was not a good experience. Not to mention, I believe I had three penalties that night. Mm. Three penalties that night. And the next morning, uh, Angelo Cataldi, they were calling for me to be cut the next morning. <laughs> So that was my my first uh, prime time experience losing to the Dallas Cowboys, thirty four to nothing on Monday Night Football. I'm sure you let Angela know about that after. You oh, I, I, I tell yeah, him yeah. all the time. I'm like, dude, y'all want to run me out of town my rookie year? Yes, but that that also what welcomed me to the city. Sure. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're not getting run out of town, you're not really important. Shows you that Philly culture and what <laughs> that right. fan base will do. It builds character. It does build character. Toughness, so yep. Absolutely. Um, with that, just in now the shift from the competitiveness of training camp and preseason, those that do make that 53-man roster, now what is that prep like and that mentality headed into week one? Are you trying to get ready for the season? Mm -hmm. Yeah, every one, when, when you realize that you've made the team, now it's all about studying your opponent. You, you're trying to figure out how can I – obviously, you got to know the game plan, learn your game plan, study the film. But, you know, football is about one-on-one -on -one matchups as well. Yeah. So, depending on the position you're playing and what phase of the game it is, I had to figure out, okay, for me it would have been, 
how do I beat Larry Izzo, who's probably one of the greatest special teams players that played during my time, but that's what I would have been focusing on. We're going to hear from head coach Nick Sirianni now. Coming in, then no one's going to come in. Zach can ask all the questions. Perfect. What's your biggest takeaway tonight? Shoot. Um, you know, the guys played hard and fought. Um, you know, there was not, obviously had the limited roster. I don't know how many we ended up with on the, you know, we rested a lot of guys or, or didn't play a lot of guys. So um, just was happy with the way they fought and, and uh, you know, some guys that might have been their last opportunity to fight. And, uh, you know, but that's not that sometimes that's not for just our team, uh, you know, they have 31 other teams to be able to make it. So I was, I was happy with those guys. Nick, what have you learned about constructing the roster that maybe you didn't know before you became head coach? Let the whole process play, play itself out, even though if you feel like you, you know early on, um, you don't have to make any decisions right away. So just you just keep letting it, the evaluation process play itself out. Um, I've been wrong on – there's – there's multiple times I'm like, it's this guy, this guy might not be able to make it. And then he, he keeps developing and he, he makes it. So uh, just not to be quick to, to jump to any conclusions and uh, um, let the whole process play itself out. Sitting here a handful of days away from that final decision-making day, how many tough decisions do you think you guys have to make? Sure, the, you know, the, the better the roster, the, the more the tough decisions you're going to have to make. And so we're going to have a bunch of tough ones. So, um, those guys, you know, those the guys that are going to end up getting cut, they, you know, they made it. They made it hard on us, and we still will evaluate this tape tonight. And you know, we still, we still have some question marks of, you know, who who it's going to be. So, uh, looking forward to watch this tape, and uh, hopefully, these guys, some of these guys, made it real hard for us. Nick, what was the sort of tilt things? Just one game. We've been through a lot. This one game, how much can it? Yeah, you know, I've I've been with uh, I've been on teams that that last game the the player played himself into it. You know, um, Austin Eckler comes to to mind. Um, you know, not sure he was going to make it beforehand, and then had a big game uh, at San Francisco back in two thousand and what year was that? Sixteen, seventeen, um, and I think it was seventeen, and made it. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're watching everything. Right? We're watching everything. So. Um, you know, we'll we'll go back and evaluate this tape and uh, see who popped up on tape. You got to see a lot of Tanner McKee. Uh, what maybe surprised you about? It appears like pretty good development. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say anything surprised me. We you know we drafted him because we liked him, and uh, you know we liked the accuracy that he showed on tape. We liked the decision making that he showed on tape, and uh, he's continued to to show that throughout practice and and throughout games. I think he's. He's put three good games together, uh, you know, and um, and so it was, um, you know, excited to to work with him, and um, you know, I'm really pleased with how he was this this preseason. Very comfortable too. Yeah, yeah, he was he was, uh, and we got sacked a bunch in at Stanford, and so we were pretty good on the whole line though. So, uh, no offense to to anybody there, but like he uh, he he felt real comfortable back there. I, you could definitely see that. What kind of moment do you think that was for Tyreek being able to come home here? Jumping right into this, he said he was so relaxed out there playing freely, to do it in front of his family and friends. Yeah, really cool. Uh, anytime you can, anytime you can do that in front of your family and friends, awesome. Um, so, um, really nice play on the ball and, and, and good return, and that, that was that was great. Guys, for less than a week, what is what was your message to him going into the game? How you doing, Coach Sirianni? Nice to meet you. Uh, no, I mean just the same message that I had to everybody else. Uh, you know. Um, Leave everything out there on on the, on the field, and and you know 
go out there and if this is your last game, uh, you know, make it one to remember, uh, but don't let it be, you know, let it, let us all make, have to have really hard decisions to make and the rest of the NFL have really hard decisions to make. Ah, uh, we won't. We, that's over, and that's in the past, and we, we're we're moving on from that. Was Kevin was Goodrich's absence injury related, or because you had seen? No yeah, we'll get we'll get you all the uh, we'll get you all the uh, injury report, which you'll see. Did we did we see anything there? Okay, um, Mario. Yeah, we'll we'll get you we'll get you some of the reports. Um, Kevin, about, yeah. Kevin Allen, obviously, you know he can run um, the kickoff return, but as a gunner, he seemed to show up, and he hasn't done that a lot. When when somebody steps up like that, you had injuries at that position. How much? How important is that? Yeah, Devin's Devin's tough, you know, and so he he shows his speed a lot, right? And that's. Shoot, when you're as good at, at track and field as, as he is, I mean, everyone thinks about the speed, and but he has he has toughness too, and that's why he's able to make those plays on special teams. So, uh, you know, my dad, being a former track coach, uh, he he's always asking about Devin, you know, and you know, hey, how's Devin doing? And and I'm always hey, he's doing really good. He's not only fast, he's tough, and that's the same thing I said to always say to my dad, and and, and so like. Uh, it was good to get Devin out there and, and see him making some plays on special teams because the speed's real and, and the toughness is real. Nick, when you, you talked about giving the, having the guys give you hard decisions to make, and what, is the, the, what are the next few days like for, for the coaching staff when you know you've got to get the roster cut downs and, and no. I'm sure that's hard on you, but... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you say, hey, hey, it's so hard, hard on me. It's not as hard on me as it the as the guys that are getting that that news. So of course it's hard on me. Of course it's hard that we have to and, and how we and that we have to do that what forty sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, we still are able to to go on and and be on the team, and and, and they're not, and that's and that's hard. That, that's what's hard for us is that. The guys that have, you know, culture. I said to the guys in there, culture is is your daily habits, and um, and these some of these guys that, you know, most of these guys that we're gonna have to cut have contributed to the culture of the Philadelphia Eagles for the past, you know, four months or, or whatever it has been, you know, with you know how they've worked, how they've competed every day, how they've held themselves accountable, um, their growth in football IQ and fundamentals, and so it's all that's always the tough part that. You know, we know we have some some special guys in this in this room, and you know, in that locker room. That and not all those guys are going to be able to be a part of, you know, the the 2023 season. But that's life. That's the life in the NFL. Um, not a fun week. Uh, you know, not a fun couple days coming up. Um, you know, but you know, you never know. That's the other the other thing, right? How many guys, you know, that you cut and then you have to bring, you know, that you bring back. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, practice squad's always an option, but, you know, Deion Kane was on our team last year. We cut him. Right. Um, and then he was back this year. Right. Marvin, Marvin Wilson. Right. So, um, you know, Kennedy Brooks was away for a little bit and then came back. So, you know, you know, sometimes that works out that way as well. What was the best uh, stat or fact you shared? As far as their, uh, the. You gave the example about a blanket chip last year with the tackle. I think Keeley had something like uh, 31 yards a, re- a return on four interceptions, and we showed the uh, and we showed the one in the national championship game of him intercepting the ball and returning it for a touchdown. And I saw some of my our Alabama guys kind of 
look to the back is Jordan Davis and uh, and Jalen Carter and and um, uh, who else? Nolan uh, and Nicobe were all barking, so uh, you know, supporting their dogs. Um, but uh, I thought that was an interesting one. It's only preseason. I'm sorry if you got this asked before I came in, but you and Shane, head coach against head coach, how did that feel? Yeah, I'm happy for I'm happy for Shane and his his opportunity. Obviously, you always uh, miss the guys that that leave because they're good coaches and they're good friends. But always happy for for their opportunity. I didn't want to let him beat us, shoot. Uh, but you know, he 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 did a good job and he's you know, done a good job throughout the training. You can see the the guys' growth in the in the training camp with his with his quarterback and with all his and with all his guys. And so. Um, yeah, I was, I was excited for him to, to be on that opposite sideline. I was, I threw, I was a little anxious to throw that flag, that red flag. I should have, should have let the replay assist help me out. But I was so, I knew what Shane was doing. Right, I knew what he was doing. He was going on the ball to try to run it quick. So I threw it, and I, we had some eye contact and a fun back and forth on that, uh, on that play. All right, thanks, thanks everybody. And Goodrich was a good And that was head coach Nick Sirianni. Tough decisions coming up that deadline for that 53-man roster is coming up and then we shift our focus to week week one and Merrill Reese is you know kicking things off with some fun slang words we're gonna hear from him it's almost time for the 2023 season and this season hits different I can't wait for the team to take the field and for Jalen Hurts to yeet the ball me and my bestie Mike Quick are ready to hit the radio booth so Y'all better listen. We're fire every time. Facts. I-Y-K-Y-K. The I-Y-K-Y-K is if you know, you know. Oh, so I say I-Y-K-Y-K? You can also say it like if you know, you know. But it's just... I-Y-K-Y-K. Yeah. Okay. We have so much fun each game. Our broadcast always slaps. We leave no crumbs. Peep y'all September 10th. Bet. All right, did you know any of those this time? None. Well, peep would be see you all September 10th. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing gets me more hyped oh for the season than seeing that face, hearing that voice. And here we have our Jameson nightcap. We're headed into week one against the Patriots on the road in Foxborough. You know, one thing about the Patriots, you can't rule Bill Belichick out. What approach does this Eagles team need to take to this Patriots team? I'm still trying to figure out what does yeet mean. Like, what, what did yeet mean? You're looking in the uh, wrong direction, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah, nothing. I, I got nothing really, over here. I went, I went on for Merle. I didn't know what, what Urban yeet Dictionary mean. Yeah, I didn't know, know what that show. meant. Merle might know now. Yeah, he may know. Okay. Uh, obviously, taking on the New England Patriots in a couple of weeks, it'll be the, 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 the season opener. Yeah. And when you're playing against uh, a young team, uh, somewhat of an inferior opponent, they are most dangerous early in the season. Like, they believe right now that everything they've done this offseason is in preparation for them to have a better season. And they realize the Eagles are coming to town. This would be a great win if they could get one. So I say that to say, 
you're going to get the Patriots' best shot when you go in a game. So it's best for us to be ready and not overlook this team. Look, this is a defense that is going to be one of the legit defenses yeah. in the league this year. This is a really talented group. They're deep. They're versatile. That side of the ball is going to be really, really strong. Offensively, I think the big thing that's going to be a, a huge storyline, Ike, I'm sure you're going to be talking about it on Eagles game plan here in a couple weeks, will be that offensive line for New England could be banged up. Uh, so, you know, they're missing right now their right guard, their left guard uh, out. We don't know what the status of either of those players will be. So they're doing a lot of shuffling along the offensive line. Their goal is to be allowed, I believe I'm saying this right, to allow Mac Jones to yeet the ball down the field. I don't know if they'll be able to do that with uh, Hassan Reddick and company uh, trying to come after So does yeet mean throw? I um, yeah, it's probably in there. It's, it's, it's got to be in the in the, 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 uh, the various definitions, yeah. right? That's going to be stuck in my head. I, I'm going to have to figure this one out. Yeah. We'll figure this one yeah. out after the show. But like you said, we are going to get the best of the Patriots. And yeah. I know this Eagles team is prepping. And we are going to get the best from them headed into week one. That's a wrap on the postgame show presented by Rico. It's an exciting time. Patriots on the road. Week one. Go Birds!